No matter how difficult the challenges become, how anxious you feel, how uncomfortable it gets. If you create content with one crystal clear message for one highly targeted audience that delivers one insanely helpful solution, you will succeed. This is Parade. Imagine you're a CEO and 20% of your staff can be attributed to the revenue process. This could be direct sellers or it could be people on the marketing side. And you have an aggressive revenue goal. So you now ask yourself, without hiring more people, how can I take the 20% of my staff that, get, that are attributed to the revenue process, how can I grow that to 30% or 40% or 50% or maybe even go as high as 80%? you want to do this, you don't want to hire new people or allocate new budget to overhead. So you start asking questions. And one of the suggestions from your head of marketing is, well, we can do better in social selling. And the reason your head of marketing tells you this is because they're staying well in tune to what's happening on social media platforms, not just your TikToks and your video platforms, but specifically LinkedIn. So your head of marketing comes back to you and says, I've been doing a lot of research and I'm really excited about a new opportunity that's come to the table. And you're asking, well, okay, well, what is that? That's exciting. And I'm excited that you're excited. So tell me what it is that you're talking about. Well, your head of marketing explains to you that in 2021, LinkedIn enabled creator mode. And it's this new mode that allows people to function more as a content creator on the platform for social selling purposes. And when you turn on creator mode, it now enables you to have other tools and resources to expand your brand and your reach. And you say, okay, that's great. Like we understand the power of social media and how that can be important in the process, but it still hasn't clicked yet. So you ask more information of your head of marketing and they tell you two more data points. They tell you that there's 60 million company profiles on the platform. Now, that's a pretty small number in consideration of the large ocean of profiles that are on the platform, but you know that there's tons of individual profiles that are connected to that 60 million. So suffice to say, there's a wide, wide market on the platform. But then this one data point is really what drives it home for you. According to HubSpot and LinkedIn, this person explains that four or five people on the platform are considered decision drivers. Now you are asking the question, okay, so four or five people on the platform control the budget. And so your head of marketing is quick with their data to give you the nuance and says no, but they influence the outcome. They influence the people who do have the budget and who make those decisions. So now your ears are perked up a little bit because Hey, influence is a great thing. And if four or five people on a platform that is scaling and growing in the social selling space, you're going to want to get a hold of those people. So you start asking your head of marketing, how do we get a hold of them? Your head of marketing says, we can do it two ways. One is through cold outreach, and we can make airtight brand messages, make them as relevant as possible, and go after as many people in our market that are our ideal buyers. And you say, okay, let's do that. So you set out. They're sending tons and tons of messages day in and day out at an exhaustive rate, but they're trying to do it in a very calculated way. Now, we know that the cold process is not, not so much that it's antiquated, but sometimes it's really hard to drive results. And it's not that we're condemning that process, but sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't give you the immediate results that you need, at least not according to the revenue goals that you have set. So your head of marketing comes back to the table and says, hey, we're being really productive. We're getting a lot of messages out there. We're having some conversations. Some deals are closing, but we're not on track for revenue. And so you say, what else can we do? And you say, well, we can 
the, the head of marketing says, well, we can turn on the, the inbound process. And so you ask this person what they're referring to and they tell you, well, creator mode, as I was explaining to you earlier, is a way in which you enable that and you start creating content. And if you do that consistently enough and you leverage the tools that LinkedIn has given you, such as audio events and live events and the ability to upgrade your feature section with lead magnets. And then of course, the way that they surface posts and feeds and they basically have given you just this wide range of tools and resources to be able to create content, but you can now create content that goes after your ideal buyer. And so you get really curious about what they mean. And so you start asking these questions like, so does that mean everyone in our company is going to start posting content and your head of marketing says, well, it's not so much that everyone needs to, but if we want to drive more revenue and increase the revenue attribution per overhead from 20% to whatever that goal is, maybe it's 50%, then I think that this is one of the ways to do it. So just like the cold message is, you say, okay, let's do it. Now your head of marketing goes out and says, okay, we're trying to create all this content ourselves. We're using ChatGPT and all these different things. It's not, it's not quite resonating. We, we know who our ideal buyers are, but we're just kind of having some trouble. So your head of marketing comes back to you and says, hey, we're kind of getting the same results as the cold process. And so you now as a CEO are asking, okay, well, we've tried the cold outbound. We're trying the inbound process through content creation. What should we do? And your head of marketing responds by saying, there are people who are doing it really well. And they seem to be these individual creators or at least a creator-led company. And this category has emerged. And it's called content as a service. So think software as a service is SaaS. Think content as a service as CAS. And so in this process, your head of marketing comes back with some due diligence. And they say, here's this company. And they're doing this at scale. They're not just creating posts for people and training people. They're helping us set up lead magnets. They're helping us set up webinars, audio events, live events, video. They even have a pathway for a podcast and it's all turnkey. And that kind of triggers in your mind. You're like, what do you mean by like turnkey, turnkey? Are you talking like turnkey, turnkey? Like you're, you're they're literally going to provide the content for you. And your head of marketing stares at you and says, yes. And now you're perked up a little bit because you had initially thought that, okay, yeah, you can get someone in here to do a writing workshop and train people, but all that's really going to do is add a bunch of work to people who are already busy sending a bunch of outbound messages. So you and your head of marketing determine, hey, why don't we try this content as a service? And you get on a six to 12 month deal with this company. And they start creating content for all of your 20%, but you also go through strategically in partnership with them and identify another 20% who can also post content. But the unique thing about this content as a strategy service, this company, is that they've already had a good level of success. In fact, they've had a level of success where they don't send outbound messages or they don't send cold DMs or make cold calls. They just create content for organic reach, but they do it in a way that targets your ideal buyer. And they're seeing really good response rates. In fact, it becomes the core foundation for how they built their company in the first place. And so now this content as a service company is supplying all of your staff, the original 20% and the new 20% who are going to be attributed to this process through the program. And Monday through Friday, 
your staff are equipped with the content that targets your ideal buyer and it launches at a specific time on a specific day or let's just say Monday through Friday and they didn't lift a finger to make that post. So their day-to-day job is not interrupted. They can actually keep sending those cold messages while the content as a service company is creating the creating the original content. So now what you've done is fortified your social selling practice on the front end and the back end. The front end being the outbound and the back end being the inbound. But you start to see some interesting things. Staff morale goes up. They're seeing each other's brands grow on the platform and their brands are growing in conjunction with the company brand growing because they're talking about your products. They're talking about your services. They're celebrating each other's wins. They're telling personal stories that are relative to your ideal buyers and relative to your company culture and relative to your product or your service. And the engagement starts to go up. And your email subscriptions start to go up and your lead magnet starts to hit. And perhaps some of those lead magnets didn't do well in the past, but now they're starting to do better. And all of a sudden, one day, a staff member comes in who was on the marketing front, maybe wasn't a seller before, and says, hey, um, who should I speak to about this? I got an inquiry. They want to know a little bit more about our products and services. I sent them to the website, and they said they filled out the contact form. But they're also asking me ongoing questions. They said they saw my post and they've been commenting. And uh, what, who, who should I forward them to? Who on the sales team? Well, your ears should perk up at that point because that means it's officially starting to work. You're now becoming top of mind. But let's say this starts happening day in and day out. And then one day, and this is usually my favorite part, anytime I, I do this vision casting of helping people understand this, one person or a set of people come to you and they say, hey, I've been following your company's posts. And they could be saying this to anyone who's been posting the content that's been provided to them by the content as a service company. And they say, I've been seeing your posts for a number of weeks. And I don't normally engage with content on LinkedIn, but what you've been posting has just been really interesting to me. And I'd really like to know more about your service. And all of a sudden, all of this really begins to compound for you. You had that previous conversation where someone walked in and they didn't know who to go to internally. Now you're hearing of stories of people who are seeing your content. They're not even interacting with it and they've known about it for weeks and now they're getting to the buying process. And you didn't even know that those people existed. In fact, the people who are posting the content didn't even know they existed. All too frequently, those stories happen. And so you start to hear more and more of this, and eventually you get to the point where everyone, Monday through Friday, has content going out. And not only is the company brand growing in influence, it's now growing in monetization. And at the very end of this, you start to see after about three to six months, hey, that 20% of staff that could be attributed to the revenue process, it's now 27%. It's now 37%. Perhaps it gets as high as 50%. And so you say, all right, I'm going to scale this company wide. I want to get as many people posting as possible. And what if you set an internal KPI that said 80% of the staff will now be posting this content and the content as a service company is still providing all of this content. In fact, they start training and hosting workshops and really getting integrated into your buying process so you can track all of the ROI very objectively. There's clear-cut goals set from the entire process on. In fact, they say to you, hey, we're not just going to give you content. What we want to do with you is have 
posts that go up Monday through Friday that are text posts. Some are carousel. Some will be video. Some will be connected to a podcast, a newsletter, a blog, a company profile. And we want to make them woven together. We want to weave them together into a syndicated content network. And this syndicated content network now has your KPIs incorporated into it. For example, let's say you wanted to host a webinar and you're a recruitment firm, and it's just a webinar to help different companies get familiar with your service. But you do it, you do it on the back ends of a, hey, this is an interview training session and you just want other companies to kind of get a taste for how you'd interact with clients when you're representing their brand. You'd, you want to show other companies, this is how we would prep staff or top talent before they showed up at your doorstep for an interview. And so you figure out a nice way to massage that. It's both a, a talent invitation for top talent that's out there, but it's also a company invitation for companies that are looking to hire a recruitment firm. And your KPI for that is for people to sign up and provide an email. So you can message the companies who are kind of hot leads and they're looking to hire your firm, or you can also message the top talent. You get, you turn on that reactive kind of outreach. And if we set the KPI to registrations or emails, then what we would do with that syndicated content network is have everyone begin posting specifically about this big tentpole moment that's going to happen for your company, this big lead magnet. And then when that's done, the content as a service company then starts to create a carousel that talks about how successful it was. And then they plug that information into the newsletter. Then there's a video about it. Now all of this buzz has been circulating about this webinar you did and you decide that it's been so successful and you've reached so many people that you're going to do round two. And then you do round two. And now you're doing these quarterly webinars. You're collecting new emails from companies that you're selling to. You're collecting new emails from top talent that you would want to recruit for those companies if they put you on retainer. That's what we're talking about here when we think of content as a service. You get to do a couple of things. One, not just have a cold outbound process that suffers. Two, you now get to plug in your corporate initiatives into all of these content objectives. So you're talking about webinars and new lead magnets and new content info from your ideal buyers. And three, you really start to grow your brand. And we know that people buy from people. They don't typically buy from the LinkedIn profile. So now you've got all of these staff members, more than the 20% originally, who have built really strong brands in direct connection and relationship with your company. And so it naturally has this rising of tides where the company brand has grown in, in influence and monetization, and staff are now accomplishing new things that they otherwise wouldn't have had access to if they didn't start creating content. And that's the compounding effect here. We take you from small engagement to prestigious engagement to monetized engagement. And this profound new way of reaching your ideal buyers through social selling on LinkedIn is such a powerful strategy. It's the whole reason why Parade exists in the first place. Sometimes we hear people say, yeah, but if my staff grows their personal brand, then they're just going to leave for another company. Well, if content as a service was there and we're providing all of that content for your staff, if they leave, they're going to have to go and create all that content on their own because we're not going to be able to supply them the content if they're not a part of the company agreement. So while people think it's something where you could lose talent, it actually turns into a talent retention mechanism. 
because you can go in and say, we have this employee content program that allows you to build your brand and your personal goals as the company builds their personal brands. Think of social equity to some degree. And you could also go one step further and say, any deal that comes in from the content that you're putting out in this program, you get a bonus, you get a rev share, you get a piece of the action. Now you've got people who want to be a part of the program, who maybe have been timid before because they don't want to be in the spotlight or they, they don't feel good about posting on social media. And for the record, if they don't feel good about posting on social media, don't, don't have me a part of the program. Just leave the invitation open. And so now you've got a great program that allows for employee benefits, employee monetization, revenue attribution per staff to grow at a better level. And your brand is growing in conjunction with it. You're staying top of mind with customers. You've got people that you didn't know exist who are now knocking on your door, asking questions. And it's all done objectively. You can see the data. You can see the analytics. It can be specific campaigns with hyper-focused post-mortems. You're looking at the data. You basically remove all the ambiguity that's there with content marketing. And you start to see it in a whole new direction. And at the end of the day, you look at that former 20% of all staff that were attributed to the revenue process, and now you see, oh my gosh, we're now at 50%. And you see that revenue start to cha-ching. That's the goal of content as a service. And that's the goal of Parade. This whole business was built doing that. And I myself, as the founder, and my business partner and co-founder, Stan Miller, have formed this company specifically to do that. Our background is extensive as executives. I've spent time at Google. I've co-led and supported two digital startup exits. I've been building digital content businesses for 17 years. Stan is a former chief sales officer and executive. We both have managed very large teams. Stan has done a number of years at AT&T. So we've got large company experience. We regularly work with executives and we form content strategies and we insert the right KPIs so you can measure good ROI in connection with a content process, with a good marketing process. This is Parade.